Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. My co-host, The Amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this on Monday, December 16th, and this is going to be a mini-sode, folks, uh, largely because the holidays are looming, and some of you may still be wondering what to get the Marvel fans on your Christmas list. Uh, but before we plunge into that timely topic, uh, a few quick housekeeping notes. Aaron, I, I don't know if you remember, right after New York Comic Con, we talked about how uh, Disney staged a celebration of Stan Lee at the New Amsterdam Theater in yeah. New York. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, they, they did it at that time supposedly to grab everybody who was still in town for New York Comic Con and uh, also on a night when uh, Frozen was dark at that theater. Uh, well, we're finally going to get to see it. It's actually uh, going to be debuting on ABC the night the show will go live online, and that'll be Friday, December 20th. Uh, this show called Celebrating Marvel Stan Lee. It's an hour-long special produced by ABC News. Uh, it's beginning airing in uh, East Coast in the Pacific time slot. started at 8, uh, 7 Central. And we talked a little bit about the folks who were going to show up on this thing. Uh, folks like Tom Hiddleston, Paul Bettany, Bingna Wen, Mark Hamill. Uh, looks to be a, a pretty impressive lineup of folks, uh, both on stage there at the New Amsterdam as well in film clips. Uh, so, if you do the DVR thing, folks, might be a good thing to DVR. Um, do you think it will yeah. end up on Disney Plus in the future? I don't know. I, you know, the the weird thing is so many of the things that Disney has done, quote-unquote, live lately have showed up in different places. There was that Little Mermaid live thing they did in early November. Right. And I think Nancy was just mentioning that that uh, bubbled up on Freeform um, after appearing on... The Disney Channel, mm -hmm. so, uh, and this being Stan Lee, I, you know, I, I'm kind of hoping, to be honest, given that what you and I initially heard was, you know, there were two hours plus of people on stage talking about Stan and, and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that if it does bubble up somewhere else, it won't be necessarily the cut down to an hour version, that maybe we'll get to see the whole show. Right. Um, let's see. Just a little news before we get to the, the our shopping suggestions here, folks. Um, <laughs> you know, Christmas is traditionally a time when, you know, the, the whole peace on earth, goodwill toward men thing is supposedly in all our lips. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Marvel Us Disney listers could maybe toss a little goodwill towards Scott Derrickson. He's the, the gentleman who directed the original Doctor Strange back in 2016 and more importantly, Scott's the guy who slated to direct the sequel, the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Bantus, which is uh, due to arrive in theaters on May 7th, 2021. Um, now, the reason I say slated is that um, Derrickson tweeted something out last night that I think may tick off the powers that be at Disney and and Marvel uh and, and oddly enough, it, this kind of touches on something that that you've talked about, Aaron. But he basically said, he said this is a direct quote. He said, studio release dates are the enemy of art. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and and look, I get that. I really do. That, you know, that, and in fact, especially in Scott's situation, because his is really the first film 
that has to sort of link up between two Disney Plus projects. We, we, we've talked at length about WandaVision, you know, about how that's debuting on Disney Plus in spring of 2021. And then sometime after uh, Multiverse of Bandits, Loki is supposed to start, uh, you know, also on Disney Plus in 2021. So Scott really can't miss the window. You know, Scott has to have his film ready. And the problem is that Scott also has to make a sequel that's worthy of the original Doctor Strange from 2016, which had 1,450 effect shots in it. Heaven forbid, Jim, what what would happen if, like, Benedict Cumberbatch were to break his leg and couldn't film for, like, three months of recovery? Would we get Doctor Strange suddenly played by his cousin Ted Cumberbatch? I I don't know. I mean, you're right. He can't miss that that deadline. You know, as soon as, uh, was it Scarlet? No, yeah, Scarlet Vision. Or WandaVision. Mm-hmm. As, as soon as WandaVision comes out, you, you've got to have your Doctor Strange like immediately after that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Particularly with with Elizabeth uh, Olsen supposedly co-starring in that film. Um, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I know that, for example, when they were shooting The Force Awakens and they had that accident on the set of, you know, where Harrison Ford basically broke his leg and was out of commission for three months. Um, they shot around him, but <laughs> face it, you know, they had that option with, with the right. Doctor Strange movie. That's not really the case. And, you know, and let's remember that there's also this weird artificial pressure on multiverse of badness because it's supposedly setting up uh, something that that's crucial for phase four and also, you know, frankly, uh, supposedly Marvel Studios wants to make this the first of the official cinematic universe movies that have sort of a, a horror underpinning so they can bring in that audience that enjoyed Venom. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I really hope that people at Disney and Marvel will just, you know, read this as, you know, a somewhat intempered com- comment and, you know, not do something stupid like punish Scott and bring in a new director. I mean, it just, it, it seems to me kind of the anti-James Gunn. I remember how when Disney let Gunn go off of uh, Guardians Volume 3, he was very gracious. And in fact, that, that's basically what left the door open for his return. And you know, something like this, you know, just sort of like, eh, um, you don't know, again. you could be talking about some project that's way, way, way in the future. But I mean, really, uh, all all things have deadlines. Jim, you were mm-hmm. a writer for many years. Were, were any of your stories kind of turn them in whenever you felt like it? Uh, I know whenever I was at the radio station, I had to write and produce a commercial. Chances are mm-hmm. it started on Monday. I was getting notes on Friday. And mm-hmm. I had a deadline of you got till, you know, Monday to get it done. So, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has a deadline and it doesn't matter if art's attached to it or not. The The reason he has the privilege of making a movie is because directors are usually handed a deadline along with a budget. The two go hand in hand, don't they? They, they do. You don't they get do. a pile of money, of like a couple hundred million dollars and they go, eh, turn it in whenever. That's not part of, that's never been part of the equation. So, no, I I mean, I I get that. I'm with them on the, it would be nice if you had forever, but then you wouldn't, we wouldn't get movies. We would get passion projects that, you know, like uh, the man who killed Don Quixote from Terry Gilliam that took like 30 years to come to fruition, you know, something like that. We don't want that. Mm, I mean, I'm glad it finally got done, but 
you know. No, 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 I agree. I agree. I just think, you know, the, the, this is what kind of makes me crazy about living in the social media age. In years previous, we have never heard, you know, uh, you know, or maybe we would have heard about this years after the fact that, you know, guy under pressure doing, you know, a high profile film and, you know, you know, bitching two friends about it. And, you know, yeah. the, the difference is that now he's, it's out in the, the social sphere and. And now everyone's uh, got to have an opinion about it. Yeah. I mean, totally. I, I get it. It's, it's a, a high pressure job. I don't envy him, but he's talented. He's pulled it off before. I think he'll, he'll do it again. It's just, uh, yeah, you, you kind of always have a gun to your head and that's really not a fun way to live. That's true. Okay, yeah. and, and and pivoting to you know an entirely different. Speaking of deadline, folks, <laughs> December twenty fifth is good lord. Only nine days away now. We're recording this again on the sixteenth. You know, and again, if you're shopping for a Marvel fan on your list, they they have very specific tastes, so it's hard to zero in on, on what they'd like and and what they'd enjoy this holiday season and. Thankfully, Aaron has done a lot of the heavy lifting for you. I have a couple ideas myself, and we will talk about them when we get back from this commercial break. And we're back. So, Aaron, you prepared the master list. I have a couple of things to just toss in the pile here, but okay. why don't you get started here? All right. Well, uh, I guess since there's such a tight deadline between now and Christmas, you get better have something like Amazon Prime with, like, right now shipping. But uh, mm -hmm. we'll start off at number 10. Comics. You can buy a subscription for your comic book fan. Stack of comics always do them right, right? That's why mm -hmm. we got into loving the MCU was because we read the comics back in the day. So uh, they're affordable. Five bucks for an issue if you just grab one off the shelf. A thousand bucks if it's graded and signed and perfect and all that stuff. So you can go as as uh, affordable or as luxurious as you want in the comics category. And no matter which way you go, a comic fan will appreciate the one off the rack or the one that's been graded and is a, a coveted issue. So can't miss with comics at number 10. Uh, number nine, Disney plus 70 bucks gets them a year entrance to almost all of the MCU. And for a bonus, I'm sure they're probably star Wars fans as well. Also get some all the Star Wars content when you're in the Disney Plus subscription. Uh, number eight, games. Simple games like Marvel Dice Masters. You go out, you buy a, a, a deck. It's, it's a, a couple of cards and a couple of dice. Costs a couple of bucks. You build them, you collect them, you, you play with them. It's, it's fun. It's relatively cheap. Uh, Marvel Legendary deck building game has been around forever. Marvel Champions. Uh, Thanos Rising apparently is rather popular with the kids right now, so check that one out. But yeah, mm -hmm. classic board games. Gets the whole family around the table having a good time. Can't beat that, right? Okay. Uh, we'll move on to number seven, clothing. I've got 68 Spider-Man t-shirts boxers and socks. Uh, if you know someone that loves a specific hero, you grab a t-shirt with that logo on it. You are set to impress relatively inexpensive 15 to 30 bucks. You know, it's, it's interesting you bring that up. I don't normally spring for the Marvel clothing, but this year, again, I live in New Hampshire. So again, state motto, live free or die. Mm -hmm. uh, we were at the Disney outlet at the Merrimack mall, you know, a couple of months ago and there in the pile was a T-shirt that said, you know, again, keying off of, of Captain Marvel, live Cree or die. And it was, <laughs> and I had to, I had yeah, to buy it. Yeah. It just, you know. I, Every and once in a while, there's the one that grabs you and he said, that is coming home with me today. 
There we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on, number five, as we get closer to the the, the top uh, five here, get a little bit more expensive as we go. Uh, number mm-hmm. five is Hasbro Legends one-to-one replicas. They've got a Iron Man helmet that's like 100 bucks, a Black Panther helmet, Ant-Man. They've got an Infinity Gauntlet, uh, both the Thanos-sized and the Tony Stark variety. Ooh, 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 ooh. I actually, oh my God, I saw these earlier today. Mm-hmm. And um, a little background, last year, not this year, I, I was at Target and on the toy aisle, they had the Thanos glove. Yeah. And I want to say it was like 27 bucks. And I had it in the cart, but as I was Going up to the front, I had the conversation with myself. You're a nearly 60-year-old man. This is a giant piece of plastic. What the hell are you going to do with this? And I talked myself out of getting it. Man. And I I have regretted it ever since. Yep. Yep. And so, but the thing is that it, it's it's molded into the fish shape already. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, when you know, just doing the, the due diligence for our, sh- our shopping show, again, I came across these Marvel Legends series endgame electronic infinity power gauntlet. That's the exact, that's the whole name, folks. Yeah. Um, and oh my God, you know, these things, they, they have a, a infinity stone glow effect. They have yep. movie inspired sound effects. They have, you can put it in locked fist mode for display. Yep. Um, you know, and, and the fact that it, it came in both Thanos and Tony Stark style, mm-hmm. it, you know, but of course, as you said, it, it uh, earlier this year it was selling for like 70 bucks. Right now, near as I can tell, the, the, the price is $99 across the board. Right. And it's sort of like, oh, oh, you know, and again, just this time of year, you're really not supposed to be spending money on yourself. So I, I kind of defaulted and... I don't know if you saw what they had at Disneyland this summer, but they actually had a Thanos gauntlet sipper. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know so, I, and that's going on eBay right now, anywhere from $9.99 to $25. And it, I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into that as opposed to spring, <laughs> springing for either the Iron Man or the, the, the actual Mad Titan version because they are so cool looking. And yeah. you're right. I mean, they're just such great looking replicas. I almost came home from the comic book store wearing an Ant-Man helmet one day. Uh, it was like, I got a hundred bucks. I can do this. Right. You know, and I'm thinking, how much am I going to have to explain to my wife? Ah, I'll be fine. You know, but uh, I actually got go. her for our anniversary. Cause she's a fan of Captain America. I got her mm-hmm. the Hasbro legends. Was it 75th anniversary? Captain America metal shield. And that oh. was like $300 when we purchased it. And it's now mm-hmm. like north of a thousand because it was a limited edition deal and people really, really want them and they didn't make very many of them. So if you keep your eye on the Hasbro Legends, because a lot of collectors really like that these aren't really made for kids. These are made more for collectors. No. It's an eye for detail in these little bits here. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the price tag's 100 bucks, but they're a bit more quality, a, a bit more detail paid to it, and it's mm-hmm. made for adult collectors to display on a shelf more than it is for your uh, 11-year-old to bang his head against the wall with a helmet on going, oh, man, man, you know, it's it's a different set, so. Yeah, the, 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 the phrase I keep seeing over and over here with the Marvel Legends stuff is premium role-play item. Exactly, uh, premium uh, and role-play lets you know this ain't for kiddies. Okay. All right, moving on. Number five, this is getting back into the kids' zone, Marvel Lego sets. Oh, everyone loves Legos. I Even at my tender age of uh, going on 46 here, 
still love mm-hmm. Legos. So throw a, a Spider-Man Lego fig in there and I'm a happy dude. That's all. It's all good. Uh, number four, hot toys. I've been collecting hot toys for a long time. And the reason is they are spectacular looking. The, the sculpt quality, the image quality, the costuming quality, every little bit, the, the accessories, just it's crazy, insanely detailed stuff. Uh, the figures are usually ranging from $200 to $450 ish, sometimes even higher, depending on what you're getting. But if you love the Marvel movies, if you love Star Wars stuff, the only downside is they're usually about a year behind the movie when when the figure is released. So in May of next year, of 2020, we'll start to see uh, the figures from Endgame start to be available for purchase. Hmm. So... Yeah, they they take a while to hit the market. They do not. They definitely do not hit as the movies hit, like mm-hmm. other toys do. These are, you know, the the likeness is so crazy good. Uh, you really have to see it to to really understand how crazy good these toys are. So, hot toys uh, are are premium for the collector. That really lets them know you love them a lot. Uh, moving on up from there, artwork at number three. And again, that, that can go from the, uh, relatively, uh, moderately priced at a hundred dollars. And then it can get a little bit more, uh, higher in the price tag up to four or $500, depending on who the artist is. If it's a limited quantity, uh, of course, subject matter is always a thing. So if Avengers is hot at the moment, Avengers will be, you know, popular and probably have a a bit more of a higher price tag than some of the other things like Swamp Thing, for example, sitting next to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as we move on to number two, Marvel Arcade Cabinet. Jim, I don't know if you've seen recently, it seems arcade cabinets are making a comeback. And I think it's because they can make them dirt cheap. It's a, Mm -hmm. a little... TV screen basically with a, a little USB plugged into it that lets you play millipede or centipede or, or whatever. Um, and I've seen like a, a large number of variety of, of arcade cabinets, like at a local fries as we were walking around and they're like almost full size. Mm, okay. I, I have to go check these out. Yeah. Okay. But the, and this would be like um, Marvel versus Capcom. I think back in the day had a cabinet. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it was if it was only on consoles or if they actually had a cabinet for it. I, I really don't remember, but this is just a Marvel arcade cabinet, and we've got a link for it at Walmart has them. And I want to say that they're like a couple hundred bucks. And you know, back in the day when I was dropping quarters into arcade machines when I was like a teen, I dropped so many quarters into those cabinets. I should have owned my own arcade by myself from all that money. But that's beside the point. Now I can I can buy a Marvel arcade cabinet, put it in the corner of the apartment, and I'm good to go. Uh, and then number one, here's here's the big one. If you're a billionaire and you got oodles of money to just throw away for nothing. But we've got we're gonna have a link in the show notes for Marvel life size statues. And those things can be 8K per statue. But if you want all of the Avengers and you got 60 grand to throw at it, by gosh, you can do it. Well, and it and it's interesting you bring that up because one of our listeners just sent us there's this um chain of, of restaurants in Mexico that's just come across the American border. Mm. And the gig- gimmick of the design of these restaurants is they bought, you know, dozens upon dozens of these figures. And 
and you know and set them up in the the actual restaurant and what's fascinating is that you get that planet hollywood vibe but you, you know at obviously a much lower price point uh-huh. and and i apologize i'm, I'm blanking the name of our, our listener that sent this along but wanted me to investigate and it in fact that's we'll talk about it more on a future show because uh, I'm still waiting to hear back from friends at Marvel Studios and Disney to the effect of, um, is this even allowed? The interesting thing is they have not just the Marvel full-size figures. They have the DC full-size figures. Right. They have things like the uh, the Simpsons couch that was created to promote the Simpsons movie back in, what, 2003, 2004? And, you know, but they have all of these full-size pieces inside of this restaurant. And, you know, that borderline legal, but you still want to go? It's like, wow, you know, that would be so cool to go to. Well, I know, like, in Chicago, there was a place called Starship Subs that had, like, a whole bunch of Star Trek and Star Mm Wars-themed stuff. And it was a tiny little sub shop. But it had, Mm -hmm. like, all the posters and, and maybe, like, some models hanging from the ceiling and... And that was about it. And it wasn't like something where, uh, you know, it was like museum quality props or anything like that. It was like mm-hmm. a couple of models. That was about it. And it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that any Star Trek or Star Wars lawyer, you know, would have to go, hey, 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 we need to talk about this. I think they'd walk in and go, oh, that's cool. You know, it's it's just not infringing enough. It's like not in their name, uh, you know, Marvel restaurant, you know? No, no, no. I get that. I do. I, I guess the one issue here though, is it is a, a, a standalone starship subs. This is an entire chain. This is the business model. Each and every one of these has this absolutely amazing collection of full size figures. And, you know, from DC, from Marvel, from, you know, pop culture, yeah, but I, just, I also know of like the roadside in tavern thing where they've got like all the signs. It'll be like a Coca-Cola sign that was from the 60s and a, a Texaco sign up on the wall, you know, like bazillions of signs of old uh, companies that have been around forever. And I don't think that, you know, the uh, Pennzoil Motor Oil Company is going to come down on them because they've got their their thing on their wall, right? So, And it's just one of these things where if they were serving the Batman burrito, I mm-hmm. think it would be different. But if they're okay. serving a burrito and there just happens to be a Batman, well, that's just the core. All right, we'll tell you what. While we were chatting, I hammered on my email here, and the, 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 the listener who sent this information in was Dennis Snow. And the restaurant chain we're talking about that started in Mexico that seems to have crossed over to Arizona is called Comic X. And that's all one word, Comic X. So uh, if you Google that and take a look at some of the photos from inside the restaurant, they do a beautiful job. They're wonderfully displayed. But again, from a a Disney legal point of view, uh, you know, just sort of like, "Eh, I don't think, I I don't know. I'm just, when I hear back from, from friends at Marvel at Disney, I will let you know what they have to say. I was more concerned about not getting these folks in trouble, uh, largely because I, it looks like they do a quality job. And and like you said, you know, if they bought all of these um, these full size figures legally, yeah, um, it's their property to display the way they want to, right? Yeah. Or it's like okay. hanging a wooden spoon and wooden fork on the wall, right? If you were like a, a <laughs> cracker barrel or something. 
I mean, okay, all right, you know, just, but but again, you know, in in this case, you know, the giant wooden spoon and the giant wooden fork is is a whole chain of, yeah, you know, there we go. Okay, well, before we wrap up, you're just a a couple of quick things to add to the pile. Uh, And again, I'm a big book guy. So we're going to go with the the Scrooge, Ghost of Past, Present and Future thing. Uh, Past. You know, again, Aaron was nice enough to draw my attention to the art of Avengers Endgame a few weeks back. That book is is well worth getting. What's interesting, though, is in celebration of the 10th anniversary of the launch of Marvel Studios, they reprinted the original Art of Iron Man. Uh, They put out a special 10th anniversary edition. This is 208-page hardcover, comes with a brand-new slipcover. It's basically the same book that came out in 2008 with the original Robert Downey Jr. film. But you were talking about, uh, you know, how people love to collect the art. What they included as part of the reprinting of this book is a, a an awesome litho. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can typically pick these things up for like, you know, 40 to $45 a piece. So, well, well worth checking out. On the other hand... Um, again, if you're into concept art, uh, just this year, there was the movie making magic of Marvel Studios, Heroes and Villains. This came out from Abrams back in April of this year, 176 page hardcover by Eleni Russi and, uh, has some, again, wonderful concept art. And again, if you're, if you're concerned about a price point, this is, you can pick this up. It's retailing for $29.99, but I was just over on Amazon, uh, this is going for just thirteen ninety nine at this point. So you know, if you're you're scrambling, and and as Aaron mentioned, you know, doing the Amazon Prime, uh, you know, two day shipping thing and that sort of thing, and you're hunting for an Amazon fan, this might be the way to go. Now, this next one is definitely a Christmas future thing. It's not even being published till September first, two thousand twenty. But on the other hand, it's a two volume set. It's called Marvel Studios The First Ten Years. This is a 512-page behemoth of a... uh, Actually, two-volume set, Aaron. uh, With 100-plus interviews with key producers, studio heads, and cast members who worked on, you know, the first three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And again, it's coming from Abrams. The downside is... It's $105, but on the other hand, in much the same way as the the art of Mark Davis, uh, Mark Davis in his own word books that Chris Merritt and Pete Docter did earlier this year, that came out at $150 a piece and, and eventually was available for like uh, 100 and, or excuse me, 70 or 80 So uh, if, you, if you, you go at the right time, you can definitely pick up a bargain here, but... But anyway, that's my last minute suggestions. Again, Aaron, that was a great list that that really went, you know, all the way across the board. God, now you got me thinking of that Thanos gauntlet thing again. <laughs> Damn. <sighs> okay, I I like your Captain America shield argument. It's 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 not a collectible. It's an investment. Absolutely, you know, it, absolutely. It's going to it's going to appreciate. Okay. And beyond that, folks, again, you know, the, the 25th is looming up quick, so you should really stop listening to this podcast and get shopping. But on the other hand, if you're looking for something to listen to as you're driving to the mall, uh, we do a bunch of other podcasts here. Uh, we, we've got Disney Dish with, with Len Testa. We've got Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor. We've got Looking at Lucasfilm with Dan Z, who's right now, as we speak, 
at the premiere of The Rise of Skywalker in Hollywood. Uh, so he's going to have lots of great stories when he gets back. Uh, we have Universal's Joint with Dustin Fuse, and we have I Want That Material via Dolid. If, by the way, folks, uh, if you could do Ed and I a, a big favor, if you like what you're listening to here tonight, if you could head over to iTunes and rate and recommend this show, that would be great. And if you really, really, really like what we do here, uh, you can head over to Bandcamp and subscribe. Then makes it possible for us to afford Infinity Gauntlets. Now I really, really want one. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, folks. And Aaron and I will be back early in the new year to look back at 2019 and to discuss what will be coming up in 2020 in the world of Marvel. And until then, take care.